Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so tonight we are talking about the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm your host, Ben Young, and I'm here with my special guest, Drew Keen. I just call you Keen, but your name is Drew Keen, I guess, right? You can call me whatever you want, Ben. I'm your special guest. I'm here for you. All right, cool. Um, Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. I've seen it a couple times now. It's not that great of a movie. I'm a big Queen fan, and I'm a little bit disappointed in how it turned out, honestly. I wish it was just a little bit better. I don't I don't know. What are your opening thoughts on Queen and uh, the movie? Queen is one of my all-time favorite bands. I've been listening to them pretty much my entire life. Um, and I think this movie is a diarrhea milkshake. Diarrhea milkshake. All right. I'm not going that far. <laughs> calling it a diarrhea milkshake but you're right man like when i think of queen like there hasn't been a time in my life where you know i've listened to the radio and not thought of queen queen has always been around base i mean literally they've been around my entire life but i'm talking about like when you think of classic rock bands they're like one of the handful of bands that come to mind when you think of the genre classic rock it's like ACDC, Led Zeppelin, Queen is like they're definitely in there. Who like they're they're up there though, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think Queen, is my personal opinion, is probably one of the greatest bands of all time. I know there's tons of other musicians that would also agree with me. Uh, I feel like they even pushed the envelope farther than bands like Led Zeppelin did. I think in ways they definitely did. Definitely when it comes to recording too which we'll definitely get into um i think some of their songs are catchier than some led zeppelin songs um they're a little more fun i would take freddie mercury over robert plant uh jimmy page versus brian may i feel like is close i really like both of them i feel like brian may might be a little more melodic with his guitar maybe i'm wrong on that but maybe i find brian may just a little more i don't know entertaining just because i like queen a little bit more than if i'm choosing queen versus led zeppelin i probably am going queen i don't know i'm definitely going queen i would definitely sit down let's do a half hour of queen before i would do anything else and listen to a half hour of led zeppelin yeah yeah i mean they're a great fucking band so with that said, uh, let's just get into it with the Did You Know segment. Um, so first of all, did you know I fucking stole this segment from IMDb subconsciously? Because I was looking at IMDb the other day, and I saw in the section where they have their trivia and stuff, that <laughs> the fucking title of it is Did You Know? <laughs> uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that either, but I guess I did. Whatever. We're still calling it Did You Know. You um, right. <laughs> so, the Rotten Tomatoes score, it's got a 60% critic score, an 80% audience score. A lot of people like this movie, dude. I don't know about you, but like the people I've talked to, they like this movie. You and I don't necessarily, but the average fan, they're just like, hey man, I want to just see some guys rip rip through some Queen songs, you know? Is that what they like about it? Like, is that what they say that they like about it? 
I mean, pretty much. That's what they say, and that's what reviews have said. I mean, as you can see, the critics weren't as high as audience, but the audience, yeah, they're like, oh, you know what? I get to go to a two-hour movie and listen to Queen basically the entire time. Yeah, I guess if you are, you know, a casual Queen listener, this movie just like tickles your fancy. Yeah. But if you've like watched a bunch of Queen, you know, YouTube videos or live videos, uh, it's not for you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got that. Um, so it was a budget of fifty million to fifty-five million dollars, and it made nine hundred and three million dollars at the box office. So this <laughs> was a <laughs> damn. yeah. This was a huge fucking movie, man. To I mean, yeah. that I did not realize that that it made this much money. What was but, it rated PG thirteen? Yeah, I have that written down, and that's one of my gripes with this movie overall. I think is that Queen. When you read about like when you read the behind the scenes stuff about Queen, they were like it was like the dirt Motley Crue type shit going on yeah man like for real during the heyday of being rock stars and this just felt kind of watered down um but that brings me to my other point so satcha baron cohen he was originally supposed to play freddie mercury and he said i remember he was on howard stern and he said he wanted the movie to be a rated r you know movie and the band you know the band is still around with adam lambert Right. And uh, they were like, I guess they said to him, we want the movie to be about Freddie Mercury and Queen. But then we want like the last half of the movie to be about how the band continues after Freddie Mercury dies. And it's like, well, dude, nobody we don't want to see that. (laughs) They didn't. They didn't. They don't. They don't even touch on that at all. I mean, I know. I, I know. That's what's ironic about it is that they don't do that anyway. But I guess the other thing was that they wanted it to be like this family friendly type movie where Sacha Baron Cohen was like, dude, I want to get into the fucking nitty gritty of of what was going on, you know, and I think that would have been a way better movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, they I, mean, I wonder if one of the producers that they came in, um, you know, we can make a shitload of money if this is PG-13. Yeah. I mean that probably fucking happened. I mean, I mean that's just how that's it goes. Part of it. And yeah. I mean, I'm sure that like you know John Deacon, Roger Taylor, and Brian May, the surviving members of Queen, didn't want their reputations tarnished by a, a younger generation. They probably wanted to sell some goddamn T-shirts, resell some records, and I don't mean this in a negative way to Queen at all. No, I and yet yeah, neither do I. It's like, hey man, look, we still got a band. We got a dude from American Idol fronting the band and we want to go sell right May's like i'm tired of these little fucks running on led zeppelin t-shirts if you're wearing queen t-shirts let's yeah go. yeah it's like hey man we've had like 10 hits let's it's time to make some money so some more money let's let's run it again let's get this generation behind let's queen go. <laughs> let's go so i can't like you just said it's not a knock i can't fault them for wanting to do that I mean, sell out with me, oh yeah, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so, um, let's see. I got another th- couple things written down. So, Brian Singer, he was the director of the movie, and, uh, well, he left the movie. I don't know if he left uh, 
by himself or he was kicked off or what, but like he did not get along with anybody on set apparently. And if you, you guys could Google this if you want. He dealt with a ton of sexual misconduct allegations and shit. Yeah, it's not good, dude. It's not good. Nobody really liked him and it, uh, yeah, it fell apart. Somebody else jumped on to finish the movie towards the end of it, apparently. But you don't see the guy's credit. But, um, yeah, who was the guy? Maybe I should even mention that. Uh, that was a did you know that I did not know. Yeah, yeah. Brian Singer. I mean, he's a good director, too. He did, um, what the hell? Usual, usual sp- Suspects. You remember that one? I haven't seen that since the movie The Fourth Grade, Ben Young. You haven't seen that movie since a, it's not a fourth grade movie, but uh, well, okay. That explains a lot of my life. Uh, Dexter Fletcher is the name. I want to credit the guy because he finished the movie. Um, and my last thing. So you and I were texting about. I originally thought that it was just Freddie Mercury's vocals on this entire movie, but I was wrong about that. This guy, Mark Martell, it's his vocals blended with the master tapes of Mercury's work that are used in the film. And I actually looked this dude up and saw him singing. He sounds pretty close to Freddie Mercury. I don't know if you checked him out or not. Um, I have not. I'm curious, because there is a Queen tribute band that I saw called almost queen okay and um probably the closest thing you can get to the real thing the guy knows all he sounds just like he's a broadway singer i don't know his name uh he does all the same moves as freddie looks just like freddie um, oh yeah okay it, it was an incredible show but it's all i just looked up it's not that guy it's not that guy okay well this guy he did pretty good and uh i mean because the vocals in the movie, I thought, sounded like Freddie Mercury, whether it was Freddie Mercury or not. I mean, I don't know. It, apparently, it's this Mark Martell guy, too. And, uh, yeah, I thought it sounded good. So, uh, yeah, I, go ahead. Uh, yeah, the vocal, the vocal playability, if you want to call it that, was the only playability thing that I thought was on track. Okay, so you had a problem with everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> how everybody yes. else looked in the movie playing the instruments and stuff well there's you know certain things and i'm i'm, I'm jumping ahead of my notes here yeah. but you know it starts off one of the first scenes is them doing killer queen doing the with on the um what top of the pop show oh man you jumped way down but okay uh, go ahead <laughs> let's jump. Uh, uh, we'll go and we'll jump right back up is like the you know the the verse of that song of the drummer is Roger Taylor plays on the hi-hat. The scene is the drummer playing on the ride cymbal. Okay. You're getting really nitty-gritty now, because that's shit I'm not even picking up. But okay. All right. Make it I, right. Make it right. Do it right. <laughs> Do it right. Yeah. Um, that's all I got for the did you know section. Do you have any did you knows for me? I have a couple did you knows. Okay. Did you know that Ray Foster... Mike Myers character movie was not a real person. Yeah. What's up with that? Why it's, did they like why doesn't he just play the real guy? Well, it's loosely, he was based yeah, based on uh Roy Featherstone who was the uh the CEO of EMI. Mhm. And I guess they just really needed a villain in the movie cuz the only thing that he was credited with saying was Bohemian Rhapsody was too long. Yeah, so I agree with you. If this whole movie feels like 
it needs like some sort of grudge, some sort of foil to propel the story. And the reality is maybe there actually wasn't a foil <laughs> right maybe. in the in the Queen's story. Maybe because this guy that you just brought up, the real guy, it said that he was actually a fan of Queen, whereas in the movie they make him sound like he oh, fucking I, hates him. Yeah, he hate they he hates him and it's like okay, it, but it's ridiculous, but all right, go ahead. You got another one? My last did you know and then we'll we'll start breaking down this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is that uh Jim Beach also as Miami in the movie. Uh, not only did he manage Queen and all the individual, he managed every member of the band Queen. He also managed Monty Python. Oh wow! Fun I don't know fact, that huh? I knew that one. Yeah, I thought I might have seen some. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't know it like that though. No, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, as I would imagine, that guy's got some sort of money somewhere, right? Is he still alive? <laughs> or... uh, di- didn't write that one down, <laughs> didn't but write I. That one. Well... <laughs> it's all good. Um. This is about the movie, man. This is right, just so let, a fun segment, start, but go. Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's start with the, uh, the first scene here. Um, obviously, the first scene is foreshadowing to Queen walking out on Live Aid. Uh, yeah. 1985. Um, something interesting about this first scene is you see like Bono and you 2 walking off stage. Okay. I don't know if I picked that up. That's interesting. Right, so okay. they show like uh, people that look, you know, you don't see it's not a direct shot, but it's guys that were dressed like how you two was dressed uh, gotcha. during Live Aid, which is interesting because the people, the person and the band that went on before Queen was actually Dire Straits that played for half an oh, hour. Really? And not you two. So they probably said, you know what? You two is more recognizable. Let's put them in front of queen yeah. in the movie to no make it be like oh look, looks like yeah nobody knows what tires nobody knows what mark knopfler looks like but yeah. he's a good guitarist yeah great and, band great band <laughs> money for nothing chicks for free but um yeah that's interesting i do re- recall seeing a uh, guy playing uh bob geldoff i think he's walking down the stairs when freddie is walking up um don't like Monday. I still don't like Mondays. Great song. Great song. <laughs> <laughs> um, the opening with the Live Aid, though, I think the that Live Aid, Queen at Live Aid, that's like the pinnacle for the band, right? I mean, in real life. Yeah, it was called Freddie My- uh, Mercury's Finest Hour, even though they only played for 20 minutes. Uh, you know, <laughs> I agree. It's probably one of the best performances. I was, uh, we'll get, we'll, this will come up before. I was talking to my dad about it. Obviously, my dad's older than me. That's usually how it works. Yeah. Uh, so he was uh, 22 when Live Aid was going on, and he still thinks that day. I think. I mean, I've watched Live Aid numerous times. I think Queen has the best set. The Led Zeppelin set is horrendous, but my dad and, and most of his friends think that David Bowie had the best set, and it's hard to disagree with that. Really, I'm gonna be honest here. I don't know that I've seen all the Live Aid sets, and I probably should do that. Um, you know, when I was younger, my dad and his friends, everyone bought a case of beer, and we all watched Live Aid. That's pretty cool. Did the Hooters play that? The Hooters did play Live Aid in Philly. They opened it in Philly. That's pretty fucking cool. I just know of Queen. When I think of Live Aid, I immediately think of Queen. Um, 
So Led Zeppelin played too, you said, and you said they sucked. Why? What was it that sucked about them? I know that they didn't have the original drummer. Who was who was playing drums? You remember? So they they had Jason Bonham and Phil Collins both on drums. Now was that the problem with their set, or what? What do you think the issue was? Well, so I think the issue is that they just you know it just wasn't they weren't practiced. Okay. Uh, and you know, Led Zeppelin hates that set so much that there's only so many live aid DVDs that you get that still have the Led Zeppelin performance on it. Interesting. <laughs> that is pretty, that is pretty interesting that they hate it that much. Hmm. So yeah, they open with that scene. Um, anything else you want to touch on with that? No, my next notes, uh, I don't go until they, uh, the band meets at the club and then the the whole reunion thing. Well, I wouldn't say reunion. When they get the band back together, um, I don't think the whole when they meet him in the parking lot and he screams is very interesting in the, at all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, then let me take over from here for a little bit. Um, they like to throw in a lot of things that they think Queen fans will know. So. There's a scene in the movie where they say, Ready, Freddy, and it's supposed to be like, oh, I know that from that song. You know what I mean? And right. It, and it comes, and with this movie, though, it's like, uh just like so corny. This movie overall is so corny, and I just can't, I can't stand it, <laughs> how corny yeah, it is. But I agree. Uh, but, so... What I have written down here, uh, one of their first performances is Keep Yourself Alive. That's one of the better Queen songs, I would say. Um, I think you told me something about the mic stand, and I think I had read this at some point, but can you refresh my memory on what what's up with the mic stand, how he broke it off during the stage? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, obviously that's a big you could I guess they want to make it a pivotal scene in the movie. I think it's a, one of the stupider scenes in the entire movie. <laughs> okay. Um, is him somewhat embarrassing himself by you know breaking mic, off the, the mic, mic stand right. because that's uh, his that's his gimmick. Right. The mic but stand. In real life that never happened and he used the uh half mic stand deal in his first band a band called Ibex I B E X. Uh, oh. And that story's told too because they they had a mic stand that did break and they were they couldn't afford to buy a new one so we just used the top half. Gotcha. Now see that okay that makes a lot more sense because in the movie it's like oh I I fucking broke my mic stand I can't just put it back together right now like what the hell it's dumb it's yeah dumb. <laughs> stupid it's stupid. Uh, um, with that with that first performance, um, let's see here. Yeah, uh, they have you know this is our new bass player John Deacon. Uh, so that first performance takes place in 1970. John Deacon didn't join the band until 1971, and he was actually the fourth bass the player. The fourth in the bassist. Band. I did read that. Yeah, like come on, it's I I audience. I understand it's a movie, and we're like nitpicking the hell out of it, but. If you're into Queen and they're like, just go to the Wikipedia page. It's like a laundry list of things that are wrong in terms of how factual this movie was. It's bad. Um, so the next scene that I that I have written down here, the first uh, recording session, this scene drove me nuts. 
First of all, it's like they're coming up with all these ideas, and maybe it's just like the pacing of it. Like, I feel like this movie is, it comes off more like like a fucking musical Broadway play or something. Like, everything's quick. Everything is like, oh, like so joyous every time. And it's like, you know, you and I have been in the, like a real recording studio, and it's like, dude, that's not how it goes where everything's just like, yay, yay, yay. And it's like, Cut the f- and it, like I'm not comparing us to qu- to Queen or anything, and I wasn't there. But dude, the scene where they're recording uh, Seven Seas of Rye, the draw they're like, all right, and then we pan this way, and then we pan that way, and then the drummer stands up, and he's like, and blast it. It's like, ah, why? It is so corny. And then he like turns around and high fives his girlfriend. He's so fucking proud of himself, and it's like, dude. This is like such a it's just so cringe. I don't know. How did you feel about that scene? Uh, before I go to that, I also want to touch on one more thing. And then oh, I'll tell you how much God. I is uh, the Mary, Mary Austin. Mary Austin, uh, they did not meet in the back hallway or clothing store. Uh, Mary Austin was casually dating Brian May. And then what? that should have sl- been in. Did you know what the I hell? Thought, I thought you might have known. I that. didn't know. I didn't know that one. What the yeah. fuck? So, uh, she, so Brian May and Mary Brian... Austin were doing the old no pants dances from when I read, and then uh, slid right over to Freddie. Wow, that the whole Freddie Mercury love interest in this movie, by the way. I don't know about you, man. Those scenes just fucking bored me. Uh, <laughs> maybe I don't know. Again, maybe I'm just being an asshole and just like not paying attention or something. But I'm just like, dude, I'm not buying it. Right. I don't I don't know, man. Let's go back to the recording session. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Recording also, session. Before that, uh, I looked it up. They did not need to sell their van to get that recording session. That didn't happen. That's a made up story. Um, Making up these things in this movie for like some sort of like plot or something. Yeah, I don't know, like, man. It's, so, like, it's not like I did a, like a, some deep internet searching. Like I just typed no. in a couple things on Google <laughs> and I read a bunch of articles like Wikipedia. No, it just took one thing. Like I was like, I saw this, like I made like a fact check sheet of the movie and I was like, all right, well, let's see if this actually happened near. Yeah. Did this happen near? Um, so, but to the recording studio is one thing as, uh, if you ever been in a recording studio and Ben, as you and I know, you know, time is money. You don't have time to just to fuck, you know, fuck around and like throw things around <laughs> and like make some weird noises. Like no producer's going to put up with that. And like, you don't want to waste your money. Yeah, and they try to make it sound like they're running out of time, but meanwhile, they're all, you know, jerking each other off, basically, like, oh, how about we do this? How about we do that? And, dude, the other thing that annoys me about this scene, I don't know if, did Roy Thomas Baker, did he record, was he the producer on Seven Seas of Rye? Was that him, or? I'm not you sure. Know? Okay. I do not know. Well, Roy Thomas Roy Thomas Baker is one of the big producers for Queen, okay? He's produced The Smashing Pumpkins, he's produced The Cars, he's produced a lot of huge bands, and he's got that signature sound on his albums where it's like a bunch of vocals, you know, the the stereo sound and he didn't get like any credit in this movie at all. His name's not even mentioned. But look him up, Roy Thomas Baker. He, like he's a big deal to Queen, and he's not mentioned at all in this fucking movie. I don't yeah. get it. I would see that. I mean, as a 
you know, if any hardcore fan, uh, Queen fans did, like knew that and they didn't see that, they'd probably be pretty pissed off. Yeah. Um, another issue I have with this scene is the Seven Seas of Rye was recorded in 1973 as an instrumental track and released and then eventually taken back and put vocals to. God. The hell, man. I the best part. I mean, I just wish the audience could see how visibly upset you're getting with all these facts that I'm spilling your way. This movie, like, it's just I know people. People just want to. Again, I should. Maybe we shouldn't even be getting that upset about it. It's just a movie. That's what people want to say. It's just a movie. Well, they should have done better with this movie. Is what I think. Could make it a more. fucking five episode Netflix series and fucking flesh the thing out. Don't make it a two hour. Let's remember. Remember Killer Queen. Remember, remember Barry's fucking South Park. You know, uh, remember uh, another one bites the dust. Oh, we'll get to that scene. That oh, was we will. awful. That was awful. All right, what um, do you got next? So they have a scene with uh, Littlefinger. You never watched Game of Thrones, did you? Sure did. Don't know what you're talking about. Be thankful that you didn't because the ending was awful. Um, but they have a they have a meeting and they're like they're talking about oh we are four misfits blah 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 it's like who the hell talks like that again maybe they did talk like that but it just came off like what like uh it was just really bad um moving on they get a gig at top of the pops which is a huge show in the UK it, you know, it really boosts your band if you get on that show. Uh, the thing that annoyed me with that scene is, like, they get to the show, and then they're like, what? We have to lip sync? It's like, what the hell? Nobody fucking told them that they were going to yeah. be lip syncing and not plugged in before they uh, got there? Right. A publisher manager wasn't a lot about that. And also, I mean, with that being such a huge thing, like a huge turning point in any musician's career, like, and they just kind of, all right, it's in there. Next scene. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I don't. So, and they did try to allude to the fact that the drummer was pissed off about it. I did watch a video showing that Brian May was, he was pretty cool with it. He was like, hey, man, it's going to get us bigger. And the drummer was like, uh, it was rubbish, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks if you're lip syncing and stuff, but I'm taking Brian May's side, dude. If they asked our band to go on top of the pops and be like, yeah, fuck yeah. I don't, I don't give a shit. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, come on. Um, let's see. Moving on. Had Mike Myers as Ray Foster. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, the thing about Mike Myers, I think they put him in that role because of the whole Bohemian Rhapsody thing. In the Wayne's tie-in world. with Wayne's world. And no one's going to listen to that. And then it's like, oh, that's funny. He listened to bohemian rhapsody in the car in wayne's world a much better movie than this one that's for sure right and the only thing is like do you think with it being a pg-13 that only, I mean, only half the audience would get that joke like if you've never seen wayne's world you wouldn't get the you ain't with Garrett's oh yeah, yeah 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 and no, like right. you know the the younger generation only knows mike myers for shrek like you think they would even know anything like, like it's just a, an, an actor playing a character who didn't exist yeah 
And uh, even the younger audience now probably doesn't even know what fucking Shrek is. You know how old Shrek is? When do you think Shrek came out? Oh, man. I want to say 2002? 2001. That's fucking 19 years ago, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Those are registered voters. I mean, maybe uh, kids are still watching Shrek. Great movie. Something's probably dated, but whatever. Um, okay, so moving on, what do I got? I got um, the, yeah, the, let's the, see. the whole tour, the tour scene when they go on tour and they're playing Fat Bottom Girls. I have my note that says Freddie Mercury did not like Fat Bottom Girls, still did his job. Well, that's good that he did his job. And guess what? I don't really like Fat Bottom Girls either. The song. I don't. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's too campy for me. I don't know, man. I don't like we'll get into this discussion later. But when it comes to the queen campy type songs like Fat Bottom Girls and uh, Don't Stop Me Now, like eh, or You're My Best Friend, like those type of songs, I'm like, eh. I'm the like, ones that eh, have been oh. in like too many movies. I think that might be part of the issue. Okay. I think that might be part of it. All right, moving on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there was another recording session. Uh, when they do the, when they go to the like barnyard oh, and they start doing yeah, uh, a, yeah. A, night, a night at the opera. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't really remember much from this scene. Uh, there wasn't much the, going on other than um, Freddie recording. Uh, love of my life and Paul Prenton kissing him, uh, which will, I mean, it, it's, a, I'm not sure if that's when in fact that did happen, but I guess you could say it's a pivotal part in the movie. Yeah, sure. Um, and then they have the, you know, the band fight. Oh, and they say, don't throw the coffee maker, which was so stupid. Oh uh, my God. And then, yeah, because uh, the drummer was, I keep calling him the about drummer. Roger What's Taylor. His- yeah, he's because uh, he's I'm upset about the I'm in love with my car. Another fucking campy song that I terrible just, song. Yeah, it's like a awful song. Don't uh, care. The only thing that is good about this movie, I will say, and there's not not much I can say that is good, is it does show uh, uneducated Queen fans that you know Freddie Mercury didn't do it all. That you know each band member probably wrote one of your favorite songs by them. That's a good point. That is a good point, and it's something that I don't know that I realized until watching this movie, maybe. Especially because since John Deacon left the band after, you know, shortly after Freddie died, and they did yeah. the uh, concert in 1993, um, that, you know, no one knows who John Deacon is anymore. No, 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 no. No, no. no and, and I, I agree. I agree with that. When I think of Queen, I just think of Freddie Mercury and Brian May. I think of them as the two main guys. I didn't realize that, you know, all the guys really contributed is what it sounds like. I knew that. I mean, I think of Roger Taylor a lot, obviously, as a drummer, and he's a drummer. He probably has some of the best recorded drum sounds of all time on a record. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, he wow. he nailed the drum. I mean, and every, and every song, like, you know, you feel you feel the drums. Like, you feel like you hear that kick. You hear those toms. Like, you hear that shit. Yeah, you know, he he was very adamant of his drums being recorded very well, and you know they were. This is a side tangent. What do you think of the actors for the band in Terrible. this movie? 
Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Like, you know, I guess, you know, they did a good job. Again, the movie made a bunch of money, and, you know, they're probably the, some of those guys probably will never act again. Um, <laughs> but I just wish that compared to our last episode where we talked about the movie Rockstar, um, those in the movie Rockstar, you could see them actually playing it. And I would just wish the movies, uh, the actors maybe took a couple, couple, two, three more lessons. Okay. I'm just talking about their presence in general. Like, I know Rami Malik from Mr. Robot, a good show. I didn't finish it. I sh- probably should go back at some point because the f- first season was awesome. The second season was pretty good too. But I like him. I think he does a pretty good job as Freddie Mercury. But the other guys in the band, they just feel so flat to me. Like, yeah, I don't know how else to explain it. They're kind of walked on over. The, they're, I mean, they're just. They're just outside. The other guys. Yeah, yeah, they are, right? It's not okay. It's, it's like not they just were, me. you know, they're, they were, you know, second thoughts and things like that. Oh, we just need some guys that look like these guys because, you know, they. Yeah, you know, we spent all the, the money on Rami. So let's just right. get these guys for cheap. Uh, you know, I wish the movie was more about Queen and less about Freddie Mercury, even though I love Freddie Mercury, one of the biggest influences of my entire life. Um, I wish it was more about Queen, but I mean, of course, I would love, you know, a full thing of freddie mercury yeah i i see i hear exactly what you're saying i so i agree with like satcha baron cohen if it was more about freddie mercury then really make it more about freddie mercury and really dive into him if you're gonna make it about queen then really go into queen and the recording sessions and stuff like that instead we got like this half-assed version of of both both that, yeah yeah and it's just sort of flat you know it's just sort of like let's just make sure we hit the notes of what queen and freddie mercury were going through and it's just like what a lot of reviews said and i agree with it was like a wikipedia article it's like remember queen did this and then they did that and then they did this and it's like dude i wanted i just wish there was more because you go and you go on YouTube and look up Queen recording sessions and stuff, they're not, like, fucking around like they do in this movie. It's, like, no. legit, like, they're they're serious, man. Yeah, and I mean, they, they put out life-changing songs sh- and life-changing yes, records. Yes, And this movie paying, like, a goddamn bunch of buffoons, a bunch <laughs> of stooges. Yeah, like, guys, just, like, fucking around. I don't know. I don't know. Like, one of my notes on that is, uh, you know, is right. I did all this research because you know they show, you know, Freddie showing up late all the time, Mr. Prima Donna. That wasn't true. Like, he was yeah. rarely ever late. And then Brian May even says, you know, I might have been late more times than he was. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, they, he, it's like what the hell? Brian May says, I, I almost missed recording the guitar part on um, what crazy little thing called Love because he was late. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's funny. Um, okay, so then the next thing I have here, there's a party scene. They they love to drive home the point that Freddy was sort of a lonely guy during this time. And, um, I want to read something, actually. Are you talking about the party where he's dressed as the queen, like as the king, like the king cape and the king hat yeah. on? Okay. Yeah. Um... So, as I was saying earlier, though, it 
I wish this was a rated R movie because, you know, I know that last week I was talking about we were talking about Rockstar and the scene where they were partying and stuff. I was like, eh, they didn't really need to do that, blah, blah, blah. For Queen, I'm like, yo, you probably need to do that. Listen to this article real quick. Uh, th- this one little part. It says here, the party to celebrate the release of the album Jazz reportedly featured naked waiters and waitresses, an entertainer biting heads off live chickens, nude models wrestling in a bath, and an army of dwarves walking around the venue with trays of cocaine strapped to their heads. I didn't see any of that shit in the movie. No, that would have been, that would have been great to... I mean, that would have been in the Sasha Baron Cohen movie. And that's what's... I mean... And like, if you think that was one of their just that album, you don't think they did that shit every single album? Yeah, yeah, they fucking did, dude. Yeah, want to know why? Because it was at this point. Want to call it? I don't know. Let's see what year that album came out. So jazz was a Queen album that was put out in 1978. Okay. So think about the party scene then. If like I like. I was just wish the party scenes were more believable after everything that you just said in that article. Yeah, I think yeah, it would have been nice because the other thing that bums me out about this movie is like the it there's one singular party scene I feel like, right? Am I wrong about that? That it's like that one big one and then maybe like a backstage thing, I guess. They but have that, that one big one and then there's a couple at Freddie's house in Munich. Okay. Well, the one the one that I'm thinking of, it's like it turns into another fucking band fight that didn't even really need to happen. And it probably didn't happen because, like you said, Brian May, he was the one showing up late more than Freddie Mercury was. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing I have about this party scene is um, when he meets Jim Hutton, his. Uh, yeah, no, that's the same party. Yeah, right. That did not happen. Yeah, that didn't happen. Jim Hutton worked at a nightclub that Freddie also went to. They did not meet at a party. Yeah. <sighs> so just, it I mean. sounds like we're ripping on this movie. Listen, oh, I'm really <laughs> sorry if you're a huge fan of this movie and we're absolutely shitting on it. Yeah, but it's really bad. Uh, this is, you know, this is coming from two uh, big Queen big fans. fans. Like, pretty big um okay so moving on they do we will rock you i don't know if you got anything to say about that uh so that was based i mean brian may did want a crowd partition i mean queen was all about the live show that's this is the straight up fact uh the song tie your mother down which is an an incredible queen song was written solely to be played live i don't think it until after like later in queen's career was that song actually ever recorded in a studio it was meant for a live show so Brian May did want the crowd participation thing. That is a true fact, and he did. But it was actually based off of a soccer anthem. It did not tell me what team or what anthem that was. Okay. But obviously, if you've watched or been to a soccer game, it's the crowd is a huge part of the game. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, you watch live Queen videos. It's like, yeah, these guys were really about getting the crowd to participate with their show. Yeah. I mean, and again, also, uh, this is a fun fact. The We Will Rock You into in the song, the dual song to We Are the Champions, was the first song, first dual song to be in the top 10. The um, Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, top 10 wow. hit. 
Okay. It was the first one. I'm not sure if it was a top 10 hit, but I just have it written down. It was the first dual song to be in the top 10. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, yeah, it is pretty interesting. So then I have written down about a scene. I think I'm thinking of the scene where he's in the limo and the managers are like, hey, you should go solo. So then I find out online he wasn't even the first fucking one in the band to go solo. No, the Roger drummer Taylor was. was. <laughs> it's like, Roger Taylor was. what the hell? And then the other thing that bothers me about this is that there's a critical scene later on in the movie where the drummer, Roger Taylor, is mad at him for going solo. But in real life, the drummer went solo first. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do much research past knowing that Roger Taylor went solo first. Yeah, just because but, I'm like, all right, this is all just made up. Like the dude, $4 million, the exact, off of, that is the, that, that is, is a, real. That's, that's real. But every other reaction about that is just, it's just horseshit. horseshit. That's just horseshit. And no, I completely agree. Like you just said, it's like, why even bother? This shit is all just made up. It's all made up. And it's, it's ridiculous. All right. So moving on, this is one of the most, this is like one of the worst. Ugh, there's a lot of worst scenes. I don't, I'd have to make a top five of worst scenes. I don't even know how I'd rank them. This another one bites the dust where there's a fucking fight about Freddy, I guess, getting there late. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier. And then they're fight him and Roger Taylor are fighting. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. I got this bass riff. And the fucking, it's just like, oh, that's a great bass riff. Let's just uh, start recording now. Right. And, oh, and, oh, this is, never, never mind. I don't hate you guys. And, let's do this. Let's make this number one hit. Yeah, that doesn't happen. That didn't, no. that didn't happen. That didn't fucking happen. I, if I see the video or some article that says otherwise, fine. But that didn't happen. I hate how the scene is edited to make you know, there's other movies out there that show uh, when there's a, even in this movie that, you know, they showed how when things are recorded, it sounds differently than when things are all mixed down and sound good, like the mastered product. You know what I mean? Yeah. This I mean, it though, just feels like go ahead. This, though, it was like. Oh, how about this bass riff? And then automatically it's like, oh, another one bites the dust. Like I said earlier, it's like a fucking Broadway musical. It's like out of nowhere, another one bites the dust. It's like, wait a minute, what? Where are we? How did this? It made no fucking sense. It was stupid. It just seems like they, you know, they want to paint the picture like, oh, you know, this band did have some turmoil. And like, this is one of the things. But, you know, and again, I wasn't there. I haven't done the research, but exactly. It goes against maybe that's why they paint the picture. Oh, we're a family, and that's why we're gonna get famous. Um, but like, oh, sometimes we fight. Rawr. That's exact exactly what I said. It's like maybe it's like sorry, maybe there actually wasn't this amount of problems within the band. Maybe they were just a maybe they were just able to get along. And but that doesn't make a good movie. But guess what? Right. This didn't make a good movie either. So oh, fucking figure it em. out. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Got him. Uh, they try to make some tension with the press conference 
where Freddie is the only one getting asked questions and they try to show like, oh, he's under a bunch of pressure. And then I think they play fucking under pressure. <laughs> they they don't play under pressure until after, after the fight between him and Paul. OK, which if you want to jump to, which I, we I, you know under pressure is one of my favorite songs of all time. I think it's an incredibly written song. I, it's probably on my songs that would be cry list if I'm sitting by myself and I listen to it. I wish that was oh, man. A part I was of the gonna bring up a that. song that makes could make me cry too, but uh, <laughs> we'll I, to that later. I, you know that I think that's a, a a pivotal part of you know what could have been a part of this movie. But if you want to jump to the fight between Freddie and Paul, I have some notes on that. Wait a minute, wait. Okay, hold on. Uh, one more thing before we get to that. Okay. Um. So Freddie goes solo eventually. He's like, you know what? Fuck this band. <laughs> this didn't happen in real life because this is, movie. <laughs> this is in the movie he's just like uh, you know what maybe i should go solo and they're like all right you got a four million dollar deal or whatever i just want to throw in this quick fact i should have put it in the did you know this album was supposed to feature michael jackson well, that is a fun little fact, isn't it? Yeah. So Michael Jackson, I guess, hung out with Freddie Mercury. Well, like he came to Queen shows and shit and was supposed to be on this. Uh, he was supposed to be on this first album. And Michael, <laughs> I'm looking at this quote. It says this is from Freddie Mercury. Uh, Michael's bringing his pet llama into the studio every day, and I'm really not used to recording with a llama, Freddie said. I've had enough, and I'd like to get out. What so, a crazy time yeah. to, like, to be a rock star in the 80s. Like, oh, just yeah. bring your pet llama to a professional recording. Like, it's like, imagine, what is going on here? Imagine yeah. like being the secretary or like the janitor or like you know an intern at that recording studio. Like you're just you're just going to work and you just see Michael Jackson, the king of pop, probably yeah. wearing something ridiculous. It's so stupid, right? Walking in with a goddamn llama on a leash yeah. into Studio A. Yeah, with Freddie Mercury. <laughs> with, ready where, for where Freddie Mercury's recording his first debut album. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's supposed to be in there. So then it says in here, however, it was also it has also been claimed that Jackson pulled the plug on a session when he caught Freddie snorting coke through a hundred dollar bill. So it didn't hate. (laughs) So needless to say, it didn't work out. But man, Freddie Mercury, Michael Jackson album together. That would have been fucking huge, right? The king of pop and queen. Yeah, that'd have been yeah, awesome. That would have been fucking cool. Uh, yeah, I wish that would have happened, but the llama and the snorting the coke, I guess, fucking ruined it. Um, yeah, you really should mix coke and llamas, huh? Yeah. So, okay, I have the scene before Live Aid getting ba- the band back together. What do, what do you got to say? Well, you're skipping the big fight between Paul Prenton and Freddie Mercury. Okay, go ahead. This is a so. this is an aspect of the movie I didn't like really vibe with. I was just sort of like, eh, whatever. But okay, go That's ahead. Because it didn't happen in real life. That's oh, why. Okay. Over it is uh, it's you know they have uh Freddie breaking up with Paul because of him not returning. Like, tell him who called about Live Aid. Uh, what really happened is Paul was selling stories to the UK media about Freddie. Oh, 
So that's they, they touch on that's it with the, next, with the next scene of him being on TV talking about Freddie, but he was doing it for years. Freddie found out and uh-huh. broke up with him and fired him. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So then, it, then it goes to the practice scenes for Live Aid, which whoa, whoa, I did look whoa, up. Wait, wait a minute. There's a scene before the practice. Uh, in the, hosp- yeah. the hospital scene? No. The scene before the practice session, though, is when they agree to do the Live Aid concert, where they're in the, they're like, oh, we haven't practiced in so long, and we haven't, it's like, oh, we need to get the band back together. But you and I both know, the band never fucking broke up. They never broke up. In 1983, uh, they decided to take a little I wouldn't even say it's a hiatus. I would say they took some time off because they were touring and recording for a decade straight. Yeah. And from my research, they played eight weeks before Live Aid and they yeah. were well rehearsed and ready to go. Yeah. What the hell? None of that happened, but you know what? It doesn't make for a good movie. Yeah. As I said though, neither does this shit. Nope. Fucking terrible. Again, if, I mean, if you're, uh, uh, you know, you're a casual an queen fan, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, you're there with your kids, it's a good time for all. If you're a, like, I'd get a Freddie Mercury tattoo tomorrow if tattoo shops are open. Uh, like, I would, I'm, that's why this movie, like, again, we're not shitting on people who are casual king fans or anything. No, 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 no. We're just breaking it down from scene to scene from avid queen fans that yeah. just want heroes of ours to be portrayed correctly. A little bit, yeah, just a little bit better, a little more of an entertaining movie in a more realistic way, I would say. Yeah. Okay, so then we get to the practice. That practice scene towards the end of the movie, um, when did Live Aid happen? 1985? 1985. Okay. Freddie Mercury wasn't diagnosed with AIDS until, like, fucking 1987. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. And he also didn't die until 1993, so. So yeah, there was no okay. need. There was no need for any of that. Especially because they put out other hits. Like, the show Must Go On what came out after Live Aid, and that was like that was like Freddie Mercury's final song. Slug the bottle of vodka and did the did the whole vocal track. So 1985, he was perfectly healthy, and yeah, still played a phenomenal show at Live Aid. Yeah, um, according to his partner Jim Hutton, Mercury was diagnosed with AIDS in late April 1987. So that's two years after Live Aid. Now, my problem with the scene isn't even that he. Well, it is that he says. He tells the band that he's he's got AIDS. I mean, if he didn't even have it at that time. But, like, the way he says it, again, it's, like, so corny. He's like, I have it. And he, like, says it. I got it. it. Yeah, and he's, like, it. says it like, like, he's, like, fucking proud of it. It's like, dude, you got diagnosed with AIDS. Like, I wouldn't you be more, like, I don't know, upset? Shattered. Like, yeah. Shattered a little bit. And, like, the band is... The band, I guess, is a little bit shattered, and he's, like, telling them, like, hey, I don't want you guys to be upset. I'm not going to – and, like, that's fair, but he he's just, like, I've got it. And it, like, comes off so corny and just – and they try to make the scene look like, okay, so we got to do this for Freddy. 
We got to, we got, you know what I mean? Like we got to, we got to kill it. And it's like, it's like, no, maybe they just wanted to go out there and kick ass just because, because they were an awesome band. Not because he got fucking diagnosed with AIDS, which two years later fucking (laughs) happened. Exactly. It's like, come on. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like, you know, they had to they had to slide it into me like, oh, by the way, in case you guys didn't know, he did have AIDS. Uh, yeah. He actually he actually died of pneumonia, which was yeah. uh yeah, like a side effect of yeah. A side effect of side effect of the uh, HIV positive. Yeah. But like it's just one of those things like and it, you know, it it sucks that they had to slide that in there in the wrong time point because like you know, as a kid like you I mean when you're naive and you don't know any better, you heard, you listen to Queen like, oh well, you know that listener was gay and he died of AIDS. Like it kind of paints a bad picture. Like you could have yeah. left that out and everything would have been fine. You're saying in the movie? In the movie, you could have left that out because it didn't happen then. Yeah, yeah, just leave it. You know, and then just at the end, I mean, say what happened like he had died of this or that you know at the very end with during the credit scene or whatever if that's the way that you want to end the movie you don't need to lie yeah like to to add it in there which is what this movie fucking does left and right it's just a whole lot of lies it seems like but i mean i do love i mean i will say again one of the very few positives say is they did do a good job of recreating the lie scene. I you know I remember watching it, uh, you know, when I was younger and seeing all the Pepsi cups on top of the piano, and remember asking my dad, like, "Hey man, how come they don't have, like? Why is that?" And he goes, "Oh, because you know, bottled water wasn't a thing yet, so they just had cups of beer and cups of water." That's funny. I was gonna say the same thing as you. The best part of this movie is the Live Aid performance. Everything else is kind of trash but right. the live aid performance they do a good job of replicating that i, I mean, feel i mean it's you know it's the fact that you know queen came out and they took over the entire night uh they played one of my least favorite queen songs which is radio gaga but Dude, at the time the time that song that, sucks. it was one of their biggest hits uh, and you know it again it's one of those crowd participation songs where like you know they had whatever thousand many people were in wembley at the time and across, you know, the million, millions across the world clapping their hands, singing, all we need is Radio Gaga. Like, yeah. Everyone was doing it, which was which was a smart play by them. I love that they played The Hammer Will Fall. That's a great song. Underrated yeah. Queen song. Um, with Bohemian Rhapsody. You know. And then, you know, from there, there's no, re- from that point on, there's no sense in you watching any more of that movie. Yeah. I mean, well, that is the, that is the end of the movie, and... Yeah, overall, just like a, for me, just a flat, just a flat movie. Not very good. I think the Live Aid performance is fine. It's it's the best part of the movie, but it's like, if I want to watch that, I could just go on YouTube and watch the real fucking thing, man. Yeah, you know? I mean, <laughs> and one of the, you know, a better concert is his, what's it, Live from Montreal concert? Oh, the yeah, Queen, live from, there we go. There we go. That's one of the best Queen performances of all time. Yeah. And now, speaking of Queen performance, as I mentioned earlier, I did talk to my dad about this. He has seen Queen. Uh, he actually corrected himself. He has seen them six times. He saw them oh, three wow. times with Freddie Mercury, twice with Adam Lambert, and once with Paul Rogers. He said the three times that he saw him with Freddie is part of his top five concerts of all time. 
Wow. I believe it, man. They're alive. You know, they're a concert band, and you can you can hear that in the songs. It's just an yeah. awesome band. I mean, you know, they practiced and they you know they were tight and they didn't fuck around and they played the songs and then you know they made the I mean and that's what the cool thing they do bring up like in the wheel rock you scene is they make the crowd feel like they're part of the band like you know with you know the whole hey, yeah yeah and then we you know things like that like you know you were. Not only were you blown away by the music, you were entertained the entire show. And that's what you want out of when you're seeing a band. I know I had this motto when we were playing is, you came to see a show, I'm going to give you a fucking show. Yeah. That's the way to do it, man. And that's, you know, people are paying top dollar, especially for Queen or being at Live Aid. So it's like, right. give them a show, man. Um. All right. So let's go on to our questions here. This is, I mean, this is an obvious one. Does the music make the movie, or does the movie make the music? Uh, the music makes the movie because the uh, movie's yeah. trash. The music's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this is a no-brainer. You're not gonna make this movie without the music. The movie wouldn't even be fucking made. And right. that's like the only good part of this movie is the music. Like I said earlier, I think Rami Malek did a pretty good job as Freddie Mercury. He did win. Uh, the Academy Award for Best Actor. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I think they that was based off how much money the movie made. I don't know. He it's deserves crazy. it. Yeah. I. I mean. I. Yeah. I don't know either. I don't know what's going on there, but I. He did good. He did better than the rest of the band who just fell flat for me. But well, the music can, is if, way better. Bottom line, the the music is way better than the movie. Right. And if you compare, uh, you know, a actor that was on a successful TV show on a an effort to a bunch of guys that no one's ever fucking heard of. Yeah, he probably should be the best actor. Yeah, that it's is like true. Fucking making a racehorse pull a plow. Like what do you mean? What do you like what do you expect? <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah. So it leads me to my next question. Um and this is one that I've been thinking about a lot and it's something that I might have to expand a little bit. So your favorite Queen song and what's the best Queen song? So your favorite, that is like personal to you, what you enjoy listening to the most. And then the best Queen song, that's what you feel is like the most commercially successful slash most dynamic and most interesting song, maybe, you know, and like their 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 best song, you know. So um, I took this question a little differently when you when you first suggested it to me. So um, my personally, my favorite Queen song is Killer Queen. I just think that song's perfect. I mean, I think it's fucking good. It's, it's a, a good fucking answer. good song. <laughs> and then I took the second part of the question is like, what is the most important Queen song? Okay, sure. Like most not, important. Like what's like I mean, and I took it as most important to the band Queen. Like if you. Or a Queen fan, like an avid Queen fan, like what song do you think is a song that might be a sleeper, or like you know is it? Oh, a, is, that's is, interesting. Or, or which is a I will or a it's a vital part of the band Queen, and I think it's the song "Love of My Life." Oh, okay. So, well, explain and, explain that one. So because that's not really what my question was, but I like where you're going with it. So go ahead. Right. After you explained your question, I realized that my answers did not fit your question. <laughs> no, so if you you're, you're, keep going, we'll go. If we'll you, go on if with If you've it. ever seen Queen without Freddie Mercury, I have seen Fre Queen without Freddie Mercury, 
and again, my dad see it three times, is when they play Love of My Life, Brian May walks out with an acoustic song, acoustic guitar, and he plays it, and they have a video of Freddie singing it, and then the whole crowd sings along. Oh. Since, and the, I will say the movie did a pretty decent job of painting Love of My Life being a very personally important song to Freddie. Yep. Um, it's also an incredible song. It gives me goosebumps. Okay. Um, so those are my two answers. And then again, I asked my dad uh, during this. This is the uh, you know, let's call it uh, what doctor's orders. <laughs> All right, sure. Uh, my dad said that his, that his two favorite Queen songs are um, "Love of My Life," which is okay. you know again, and he said "Somebody to Love," which is my second favorite Queen song. Uh, really? Okay. I'll tell you why. Because it's in. It's good. It is it's, good. It is it's good. In, the ending in, is good. I'll, I'll, I take that back. My facial expression back. That's a good song. That's it's good song. in my favorite time which it's, it's in six eight timing, and just the lyrics and the way and just the way that Freddie sings that song mm-hmm. is like you. It's you just feel it, man. You just feel it. Yeah. No, that's a good. That's a good answer. And then. Um, his, his his most important songs to Queen is he uh, said Love of My Life, which again oh, we just, we okay, just talked it's about. Favorite song, okay. Uh, and then um, Hammer to Fall, Seven Seas of Rye, okay. And then a, a song which you might know called Year of Thirty Nine. I don't know that I've heard that one. It's the only song that Brian May sings. Interesting. So what the hell is Freddie doing on that track? Anything? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Just stand there in the background. I think I think he does have some harmonies in the in the song, but it's the only song that Brian May sings. Gotcha. I will say if you want to if you want to ask what song is is you know their biggest success that made them most money would obviously be Bohemian Rhapsody, We Will Rock You, We Are the Champions, and uh, another one bites the dust. dust. Yeah. All their songs. Yeah. I mean, you could say that, but they have so many better songs than those songs. Well, okay. So when I say best song, though, for me, it's not your personal favorite or necessarily important to the band per se. I'm thinking like, like gross sales. No, not even that. Just like I think so for my answers, their best song, I feel, is probably Bohemian Rhapsody because it does. It has the dynamics. It starts off slow and then it gets into that big part in the middle with Brian May getting into that solo and everything. Um, And it's just so dynamic. Bohemian Rhapsody, the song. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You know, it's, it's, it's just crazy good. And I still love it. I still love it. The lyrics are incredible. I mean, there's there's, crazy. Yeah. There's a zillion people that have, that have any way the wind blows tattooed on them. Like it's, yeah. You know, I mean, that was in social media lexicon for a while where people were like Comparing oh finish the this lot yeah you know um when it comes to my favorite queen song dude i've got like fucking three like i can't even answer this so, so at them. the end of the movie you know i so killer queen is awesome but i think um keep yourself alive is fucking good like that song if you that live performance that you mentioned earlier, I think that's where I 
I've listened to it. Dude, that crowd, like, it just, not even the crowd, the band, they just sound pumped fucking playing this thing. That yeah, song I mean, is just so upbeat um, that I, I, I love it. That song is really good. Were you going to say something about that one? No, I mean, that's, I mean, Keep Yourself Alive is an incredible song. I was just looking up the lyrics to Killer Queen and then just like the whole first, like the first four lines of the song are like punch face. They're so good. Yeah. Killer Queen. That's pro. that's like in my top five. You know what I love about Killer Queen? It. So earlier I was saying how I don't like their campy songs. Killer Queen is like one of their dark songs that I like. I just enjoy that. It's so catchy, but also like feels it just feels like a dark, darker song in tone compared a, to. Well, it's, you know, it's about like this person that is avoiding men like it's you know it's it's about this like almost like this i mean this debutante of a woman who like is almost like is like a man eater like essentially yeah like that's cool i don't i don't know man that that's cool so i love that song um then another pick of mine this is a little bit more under the radar but sort of a sleeper hit Death on Two Legs. That song I knew you were, I knew you were gonna say it. great song. That song is fucking uh, killer, man. That is that is one of the songs that my dad says like you know what song no one knows that's a great song. Death on Two Legs. That like, song fucking yeah. rocks. Why wasn't that in the fucking movie? Yeah, dude, I'm with you. Like that song is an incredible Death on song. Two legs. But Dark, no one man. knows that song. Like yeah. I know that song. You it's know that song. Your... That song I, is. Awesome. I can probably call 10 people in the front of so they would not know that song. Yeah, probably not. That song is great. So then my last pick. Um, so while I was watching this movie, got to the Live Aid scene at the end, and I got chills during this part, and I got chills again when I was watching the recording session of it. We Are the Champions. That fucking song, man. I don't know what it is, but that... Like it's just so, so powerful to to hear that song. I'll tell you what it's it's dude. It's been you've you've listened to it your entire life. Yeah. Any any sports games. Yeah. Any like movies. Any kind of competition. I know what movie you're thinking of. It's called Mighty Ducks D two. Yeah. At the end of I the mean, movie. And like, I mean, as soon as you hear that piano, though, I paid my dues, and like, you're like, yeah, I like, and then you go, I oh, know man. every word of this song. Let's go. So part of the reason why that song was in D2, the Mighty Ducks, is because Disney owns the Queen catalog. Apparently, I did not know that. That's well, this is a Disney so, movie. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So check this out. Uh, in 1990. Queen terminated their U.S. contracts with Capitol and signed with Disney's Hollywood Records, which has remained the current owner and distributor of Queen's entire music catalog in North America. Disney paid $10 million for distribution rights in 1990. Oh That's cheap as shit. <laughs> well, I mean, with inflation, like what was $10 million in 1990 money? Yeah, still seems cheap man i don't know but i mean no 
<laughs> oh, no, that's 30 years ago. Like, Yeah, that's true. I don't know, man. I'll take out some loans. You want to buy Queen's Cat? Like, what the fuck is that shit worth now? I mean, I am cleaning up my credit, so I might be able to do a little something. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so those are our picks for the Queen for the best and favorite Queen songs, I would say, right? Um, you kind of hit on if the music is realistic playing wise earlier, what do you have anything to elaborate on that? Uh, it's not good. It's not good. Okay. So can you explain a little bit more? You were saying earlier about the drumming. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that I've seen scenes where, you know, obviously Roger Taylor and Brian may were on set for every single scene of this movie. And they were, I think they got like producer credits or something, but uh-huh. you know, it's, I don't know what the actors themselves went through, but it's very difficult to teach someone to play an instrument they never played, especially to play it exactly like a rock star, you know, yeah. as a, as a professional musician. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. No one plays guitar the way that Brian may plays guitar. Yeah, there you go. Yep. That's a good point. And I wish I, and this would go into more of the queen movie, but like, Brian May and his dad built the Red Special guitar. Yeah, yeah, like that's fucking cool. I would have loved to see that in the movie. Yeah, that is like some Queen nerd shit that would have been cool to see for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, for the he's got like two good. He's got like one or two guitars, and it's like that's it. He has more now because they, you know, they made the red special. You, you can buy it, and then oh you know, well, yeah, the, for, sure, like, for sure. I mean, for like for like thirty years, it was one of one. Yeah, and like that yeah. would have been cool to you know, been cool to talk about. And like you know, as a drummer and as a Queen fan, it would have been cool to see more of the recording studio stuff. Yeah, um, yeah not these not these quick snippets within the movie where I it's mean, like, all right, here we go, and then it's like, all right, now we're back somewhere else. Like there's people that mean I mean I could listen to me and you could listen to a Queen album like I I could listen to the whole Queen anthology for days until be like all right man oh, this is yeah. what's up yeah but um I mean again this movie was meant for the casual fan yeah it was a Disney movie well, it was for it was meant for family fan. it was yeah it was meant so mom and dad the kids out and they can like mom and dad can still have a good time yeah yeah and the kids can eat their fucking butterfingers be like oh we're at the movies man um. Yeah, I thought the way they looked playing, I thought it was it was okay, not great. I guess Rami Malek uh, learned to play piano a little bit for this movie. I don't know. I mean, all you gotta do is nail the cross star in Bohemian Rhapsody, and no one's gonna call bullshit on you. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, yeah. Overall, though, like I just didn't buy these guys being Queen. I think is my whole problem. No. Um. So this is definitely not your favorite music movie. No, if we're going to do it do it on our you know, it's not by far, is it? Like I mean, I appreciate what it did. Like it brought Queen back in back into everyday conversation, which is cool. I mean, I don't I mean to me Queen never lost a single, you know, a single yeah. step. But you know, it brought music uh into a time that it's, I'm not saying music nowadays is bad, but it's not as good as Queen. Yeah, and rock music so, isn't a huge thing anymore. Right. So, sure. 
introduced a new generation to the band Queen. I wish that they, you know, they're going to just take what they know from this movie and say, oh, I know about Queen. When they're, again, it's just not portrayed the way that it should be. Um, so, like, I'm not, like, again, like, I'm not going to watch the movie by choice ever again. <laughs> yeah. No, I was doing, I, I came up with the idea to do this particular movie because i feel like a good number of people have seen this movie compared to rockstar yeah i mean yeah i mean obviously because they made 900 million dollars yeah yeah um but it's also it's the point where like you know movies are movies are more part of a thing than they probably were in 2001 19 years ago oh, when rockstar sure. came out yeah yeah no for sure and like wasn't this available in imax and things like that like no, this I mean it was a huge movie and I think you just touched on something where um Rockstar it was a bomb. This was yeah. a big blockbuster type movie based on a big blockbuster type band, Queen. So people were like, yeah. Obviously it was a way bigger success of a movie that was put out on you know bigger screens and obviously had with, with it being disney funded had you know you saw trailers of it every 30 seconds on anything you're watching from internet to movies to you know whatever yeah um yeah huge movie people enjoyed it i wish i enjoyed it more i wish it was sort of a different movie but so it goes to our next thing uh what do you score it from an a sharp to an F flat. What do you, you think? Know, I really, I really wish that this was, we had more positive things to say just because phenomenal band. Most, I mean, I like Disney as a company. I don't have any problem with well, them. I, I, well, wait a minute. I don't know that Disney put this movie out. It, so they own the, the rights to the the music, but this movie was put out by. Oh wait a minute. Okay, so this is funny. So this movie was put out by 20th Century Fox. Okay, and 20th Century Fox is now owned by Disney, but at the time that they put this, oh, they weren't. Okay, <laughs> they weren't. But what you're saying is no longer untrue. You're right. right. It's a Disney movie. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so, so yeah. What do you, you know, what do you rate it? Again, the first the first time that I saw this movie, I watched it and I was like, "This was pretty good." Okay. But after you know researching all the entire movie and having an entire page of notes, this movie's not good. I'll give it a D flat. Oh, D flat! Wow. I I, I well, it's, that's okay, really. Low. If, if you don't know shit about Queen, you're probably thinking. Dude, A sharp. But if you yeah, know yeah. if you know about Queen and you're a Queen fan, like I'm a Queen fan. Yeah. I, I mean, I've spent hours learning about the band, watching live videos. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, like learning Queen songs on guitar and drums, and like being part of a band that would like open our show with playing "Tie Your Mother Down." I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. here we go. Like I'm, I'm a big guy Queen fan, big Queen fan. Uh, so, so yeah, D flat. Not, D flat. It's not good to me. It's it's <laughs> it's underwhelming. It doesn't, you know, it's just 
a lot of this is bullshit. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a D sharp. I'm gonna get go a little bit higher than you. I think the last live aid scene makes up for the rest of the movie. It's not very good. It's not better than Rockstar for sure, and it's not better than a lot of other movies that we'll be talking about on this podcast. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, the issue is there's like a lot with, of with the, with the potential that you I mean, it's a dude, we're talking about fucking queen. That's like, a good point. That's a like, good point. I think uh, what you're saying, you know, we're talking about fucking queen and it's like, you could, you could go with this story in so many different directions and it's like a blessing and a curse to be based on a real band. When you're a fake band, it's like, Oh, we could just make up whatever. Right. Then again, they did kind of make up whatever for this movie. So for this movie, which is whatever. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. You're like, right. I mean, you know, uh, there's tons of musicians that put queen as their biggest, like, like, um, Taylor Hawkins, drummer of the Foo Fighters, Queen is his biggest influence. I yeah. Like with that being your biggest influence, like how would you how would the hell for this movie? I'd be so pissed off. My like Chemical I, Romance definitely took some Queen influences for the Black Parade. That's for sure. I mean, they talk about that in interviews. They I mean they listen to Night of the Opera, and there's numerous songs that sound like Queen songs. Sound like of, Queen. Yeah. Side note. And the production style. And the production style for sure. I love Black Parade. I love my chemical romance. As yeah. of right now, I still have tickets to go see them at Riot Fest in Chicago in oh, September. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Back to this movie, though. You got any final thoughts about Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie based on Freddie Mercury and Queen? Um, if the movie's entertaining, I'll give it that. If, if you have two hours and 14 minutes to kill and you've want a little cheer me up or a little hear some songs that you know i'd watch it fun times yeah fun times i wouldn't stop my day to watch it and i'd only ever watch it if i was going through netflix or hbo and i couldn't figure out anything else to watch yeah it's not that great and uh my thoughts are i wish it was better i just wish it was better that's all queen's an awesome band and they deserve a better movie i think the only upside that I got from after watching this movie is I spent about an hour and a half listening to Queen music and like watching YouTube. I'm like, man, this there we go. Fucking yeah. rocked. I did the same thing. I started looking up YouTube videos. And I'm like, wow, these YouTube videos are a lot better than the movie. Like, yeah. if you want your Queen fix, my advice is just go to YouTube, look up Queen. Look up Queen live. Look up their recording sessions. It's a lot more interesting and it's a lot more entertaining, I would say. So uh, there's a town in Switzerland called Montreux where they have a statue of Freddie Mercury because that's where they recorded a bunch of their albums. Oh, okay. And like that's super cool. Nice. Um, And again, I mean, the only one of the very few things that this band, this movie did is reintroduce Queen to a younger generation. Yeah. And, you know, maybe out of this there'll be some guitar players or drummers or singers or bass players that want to be like John Deacon, Roger Taylor, Brian May and Freddie Mercury. Yeah, and it also you know, it yeah, that's a good again, positive. One of the cool they did talk about obviously his um background for uh you know immigrants to to say hey man nothing's stopping you from 
achieving your dreams. Yeah, man. That's true. That's a good positive way to end this episode. Like, if you want some frosting on top of that damn cake there. <laughs> like, yeah. This movie could be spun into a positive if you are a positive person, but you're dealing with two negative people who are pissed off about this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll end it at that. Yeah. And make sure you follow us on uh, Music Movies 79 on Twitter and tweet at us if you want. You should. 